I want to share my heart on a couple of things. First of all, I want to just I want to talk to you a little bit, and I'm gonna preach for a few minutes. And and no, no, no folks that really that normally come to Solid Rock don't believe me on this, but I'm gonna get you out and get you offline before twelve. Why are y'all laughing in here, huh? It miracles still happen. We're gonna call it a a Corona miracle. Praise God. I better call it coronavirus, not Corona, because some of y'all might take that wrong way and go get your Corona. I want you to know a couple of things. First of all, you need to know this. Things are never going to be the same. When we come out of this, this world is not going to look like it looked when we went in it. You need to be prepared for that. I'm not doom and gloom today, but I'm telling you, the way we do business, the way we operate in life, it's going to be different. People, businesses are going to realize that they don't need to take business trips anymore, that they can be just as efficient with video. Some of products that we thought we needed, we're going to realize that we didn't need them. It's called capitalism. It's, it's uh, a free market. You're going to see things that we didn't think we needed, that we really did need. It's going, to, it's going to catapult, and we're going to see some things go away. I'm going to encourage you to not put your faith in the systems of the world in which we live. Because the systems will come and go. But the kingdom of God is, has been the same for 2,000 years or more since John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and Jesus took over, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when he poured his spirit out in Acts chapter 3, Peter preached repentance and declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom has survived empires, good and bad. Economies, booming economies, economic depression, not just recessions, poverty, dust bowls, tragedies, accidents, wars, world wars have come and gone. They're just stories that we know, movies that we watch, and we hear the stories, if they're still around, that, that people tell us of how they lived them. But most of them, uh, when it talks about the World Wars, one and two, are, are, are either gone or almost all gone. But then you have the Vietnam War, you have Korean War, you have everything that's happened in Iraq and Afghanistan, the war and terrorism, and so many others. But they come, tragedy, and they go. But the gospel is the same gospel. Throughout, no matter what happens out there. And I'm not trying to speak doom and gloom again, but you got to understand something. The enemy, and I hope, I, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm giving him a revelation that he didn't already know. Because if I thought that, if I thought what I was about to say was going to give him a heads up, I wouldn't say it. But I think he fully realizes this. The enemy has seen how quickly he can strike fear into the entire nation. So you better know this is not the last time this is going to happen. I pray and speak and believe God is not that it is the last time it's going to happen. But if it's not a virus, it's going to be something else. You better know this. The enemy realized how quickly the people of this world are dependent upon the systems of this world and how quickly fear can come in and lock us in a prison. I'm talking about there are people. Here's the thing that breaks my heart. The people in the house of God are locked up and imprisoned in fear right now. 
But fear is not of God. Fear is false evidence that appears real. Now, I'm not saying that this is, this is a hoax. I'm not saying that this virus is not real, serious, and just as serious as they have said. It is very serious. And as you can see, that's why we are complying with our government because the Bible tells us to obey those that have rule over you. We love our community. Even in this room, we're social distance apart from each other. Y'all need to scoot out just a little bit more, just a little bit more. There you go. Now you're compliant. There you go. Everybody else is good now. Six feet, six feet, y'all. We're good. All over this house. He's, he's definitely doing good. He's in the balcony. You ain't scared, are you? No fear. No, don't jump. Don't jump. So, don't let fear grip you. But how about this? You should be washing your hands anyway. What about this? All of a sudden, people getting a revelation and posting online, they're washing hands. What have you been doing before? You know, I don't know how it is with the ladies, but I can tell you right now, in the guys, I've seen many guys come in and number one, number even number two, and just walk on out. And I'm like, I want to scream, dude, I got to touch that handle to get out of here. Focus, rabbit trail, focus. See, I can go on a rabbit trail even when nobody's even in the room. Wash your hands. Stay at home as much as possible. Social distancing. Do it. More than anything, protect your elderly and those that are vulnerable. You know, don't, don't forget, the same God that told us to have faith also told us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He also told us in the same verse that he's not giving us spirit of fear. He's given us love, and because of love, he's given us a sound mind. So don't be stupid, okay? Touch your neighbor and tell him don't be stupid. Oh, wait a minute, don't touch your neighbor. Wave at your neighbor and tell him don't be stupid. Wave at your neighbor and tell him don't be stupid. That's the natural. Spiritual. I'm going to preach in a minute. Spiritual. You need to pray and cover your family. You should have already been doing that, but this is not condemnation. There is no, therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Don't live in the past and beat yourself up in the past saying, I should have been praying more. I should have been reading more. No, this is the day of the Lord. So decide today that you're going to plead the blood of Jesus and pray Psalm 91 over your family. Huh? Take advantage of the extra time that you've been given. How many times have some of you said, I ain't got time to do nothing? Well, guess what? You don't get to go to work now. You may have to work from home or whatever, but you, you now do have more time. How about this? Time to spend with your children. huh? Time to teach your kids some things that, that a lot of parents don't even have time to teach their kids anymore. Take advantage. Get outside and teach your son how to change a tire. Come on, somebody. Go outside and teach somebody how to run a weed eater. Not only will that help them, but that will help you. But more than anything, take time to read the Word. Take time to pray. Take time to get closer to God. What a shame it would be for you to be off work for a few weeks. Have extra hours that you never dreamed you would ever have. Come out of it, get back in the busy rat race again, and nothing changed about your daily ritual with you and God. 
Come on. I don't know how long this is going to be, but experts say it takes 21 days to start a new habit. Well, you're already into seven days. If you hadn't started yet, start it today. i got news for you. I'm, I'm a faith man, but i got a feeling that just looking at the condition of the world, to some extent, we're still going to be dealing with this 21 days from now. How about this? How about we come out of this reading our Bible? We come out of this spending time in prayer. How about we come out of this with our faith at another level, up here than down there? My God, I'm preaching better than y'all shout. Somebody just look at that screen and just shout amen at me right now. Some of y'all need to type amen. Go ahead, pastor. Preach on. Worship. Learn how to worship at your home. You don't have to watch a live stream of your, of your praise team to worship. Do you understand? All y'all on Spotify, all y'all on Pandora or something, get you some worship music. Quit listening to that music and talking about Hitting somebody up in the back seat and drinking, snorting up. My God, and I want to, oh, it got so hot, I started to have to take off all my clothes stuff. Huh? It's getting hot up in here, y'all. I ain't going to take off all my clothes. Huh? What? Is that old? Is that old song? <laughs> it's old, right? I need some new stuff. I thought you was going to be my culture advisor. Okay, Tommy, the, I need some new stuff, baby. Woo. Worship. Turn the news off at least for a, a season every day, a moment every day. Just turn it off. I mean, I was working around my house yesterday, and I, I, we, got, we had the news going on nonstop, and we was just doing some honeydew list stuff around the house, and I walked through there, and I realized, my God, I've just heard the same thing ten times in one day. I said, I'm sick of putting my house through everybody telling me how the world's going to hell on a bobsled. I said, we're going to put some worship music on this house, and I put the Pandora worship channel on. In fact, what I put on was my bishop, Clint Brown. Come on, surround me, oh, Lord, yeah. Oh, come on. Focus, Larry. My bishop. Filled that house full of worship. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, the atmosphere felt different. It felt different. I felt energy. Another thing you got to make sure you stay focused on, and even if you've not even staying focused on it, maybe you've never done it, you need to become this no more than ever. You need to become a giver. Listen, you need to understand we've made it easy for you. SolidRockGive.com. Or you just go to our website, SolidRockGive.com. You can text or you can give. Be a giver. Be a giver. Well, what about the financial uncertainty? Listen, you got to sow sometimes in the famine. Do you understand? The man in the Old Testament started digging ditches in the middle of a drought before the rain ever came because a man of faith digs ditches in the drought because he knows God's going to send the rain one day. So you don't wait till things get better to be a giver. You, you're a giver through it all so that when you come out of it, you're able to say, my God, you have a testimony that no matter what it looked like out there, God took care of my family because I'm a giver. Give and it shall be given. Press down, good measure, shaking together, running over. Listen, that's not a promise just in good times. That's a promise in good times, bad times, anytime. I'm preaching good. We still going good back there? We rocking and rolling, Jesus. Don't stop giving to missions. Just because there might be uncertainty, you still got to believe in missions. And if we got to send the money ahead and wire the money, Whatever we got to do in missions, we can't stop being mission-minded. Are y'all hearing me? I'm just talking plain. 
I know this seems like it's a scary time, an uncertain time. These are some of the things that I just typed down and the Holy Spirit was putting on me when it comes to your finances. But kingdom principle people walk by faith and not by sight. Provision. Everybody say provision. Say without a, what, without a blank, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. When you look up, look up that word in the original language, it's without. That word vision means prophetic voice or prophetic utterance. Without a prophetic utterance, the people perish. That word perish means they cast off all restraint and they run wild. So when you think about that scripture again, this is why it was originally written. When people do not allow themselves to stay in the presence of a prophetic voice speaking into their lives, they will cast off all restraint and they will run wild. That's what the enemy's trying to do because he's trying to get you to worry Listen, about the provision before you are focused on the vision. See, it's backwards. When you're focused on vision, the prophetic voice that God has attached you to, whether it's Solid Rock Church or maybe you're just stopped on us and you're connected with a local body, another local body, you need to connect with that vision because that vision is equipping you. That vision is empowering your family. And when you connect and sow into the vision, then you got to believe that God is going to take care of the provision for your family. Am I preaching good? When you come out of this, come out stronger. When you come out of this, come out a more intense worshiper. When you come out of this, come out a more dedicated giver. When you come out of this, come out a more faithful member of the local body. Listen, when we get to meet back together as a family, can you imagine how that's going to feel? My God, when we get to shake hands and hug, when, when we get to, oh my God, I cannot wait to see this place filled with people. I'm going to probably cry when I walk in the building because I miss you so much already. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to make you appreciate it. This is going to make you appreciate it. This is going to make you realize that a lot of things we have just taken for granted. We have taken it for granted. Let me tell you something. I know you're watching on live stream right now, and we're all thankful for that, but there ain't nothing like being in the house. It's coming back, y'all, but you got to stay focused during the process. This too shall pass. What will you look like when it passes? What will your family look like when it passes? Now, before I... Read you a few scriptures, and I, I mean it. I'm, I'm not going to be long today because this, I, include, I include that in my preaching. And I already got, I've already spoke prophetically in your life, but I do need to say a few things. I want to say thank you. Can, can everybody here just say thank you? If you're in the room right now, just brush your hands up and say thank you, Jesus. But now watch this. Beyond thank you, Jesus, I want to say thank you to the doctors and the nurses and the health care officials and the paramedics. I want to thank God for all the medical personnel, no matter what level of med medicine you are in, from the pharmacists to the nurses to the nurses' assistants to the receptionists that are standing at the front door. If you are involved in the medical field at, at, at all, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. 
to the truckers that are on the road right now, bringing supplies, restocking our, our retail stores. I want to say thank you to the railroads. I want to th say thank you to the airlines. Even though the airline industry is tanking, they're still shipping products all over this earth. If you are a person in any way, whether you're a delivery truck driver, FedEx, UPS, Amazon, fill in the blank, United States Post Office, if you're involved in getting the things to the stores of the families that they need in this time, can we put our hands together and say thank you, thank you, thank you. You know the ones that are being forgotten? Thank you to those that are working in retail running cash registers, stocking shelves, and thank you to all of you that your boss has told you, I don't care what virus is out there, you better be at work. Thank you that you're preaching the blood of Jesus on, you got your mask on, got your spray, but you're going to work and you're keeping this thing going. Thank you. Thank you to the first responders. Thank you to the police. Thank you for those that keep us protected. Thank you to our military. Thank you to the National Guard that are being called up even now across this country to help in different ways. Thank you. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, Vice President Pence. Thank you, Republican and Democrat senators. Thank you, Republican and Democrat House of Representatives. Thank you, staff. Thank you, governors. Thank you, mayors. Thank you, councilmen. Thank you, uh, commissioners. Thank you. Can we just say thank you one more time? Because, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you to the pastors who are being so faithful today. I love that one meme I saw, praying for all the pastors that God would help them not make their first ever Facebook Live video look like a Bin Laden hostage video. <laughs> Praise God. Bless their hearts, man. I've seen some people on Facebook that don't even know how to even get on Facebook. And they're like, they're turned sideways or upside down. Am I on? Am I on? It's blurry. They can't see anything but their glasses. Can y'all see me? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm rejoicing. I'm saying, you know what? That's the tenacity of a man of God. He's like, man, I don't even know how to even turn this phone on. But devil, you ain't going to stop me from preaching the gospel. Devil, you ain't going to stop. I don't care how silly I look. I don't care how people make fun of me. I'm going to preach the gospel. First responders. I'm going to read a scripture in just a minute. Don't worry. Some of y'all been watching me. Well, I was thinking about visiting that church. And I've been watching him the whole time. And he ain't read a scripture yet. Hang on. I quoted a bunch of them, didn't I? One thing about, I love about first responders is when everyone else is running from the disaster, they're running into it. When there's a fire, the firemen are yelling at you to run out. But if they think somebody's on the inside, they're running in. Now, look, I'm talking about I'm not trying to tell you not to be safe. I'm not telling you. I'm going to, I'm going to say that a hundred times because I don't want nobody to twist my words and take a clip of this video and turn it against me. I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm not telling you to go out in the world and put yourself in danger. But I'm also telling you, body of Christ, if there's ever been a time for us to run to the battle, to run after the devil and get up in his face and rebuke him, it is now. We don't have time to run. We don't have time to hide. Think about what would have happened. Think about all the images of 9-11 that you remember, if you're old enough to remember that. Think of what would happen in the, in the, in the dust and the ashes of 
without the first responders, without police, firefighters, rescue workers. In those Twin Towers, many of those that were killed in the Twin Towers that came down, they were killed because they were running up the steps with equipment on their bodies. While everyone was trying to get out, they were going up the steps, and they didn't have enough time to get out. Can I tell you, there's got to be somewhere, some way. The world in the grip of this fear has got to see the kingdom first responders. We've got to be able, I'm not talking about running into a dangerous situation that makes you look stupid because you didn't use a sound mind, but at the same time, don't freak out if somehow you just happen to be in a situation that others might have thought was not safe. you got to believe. At some level, you got to believe. My God, if I'm not able to believe in this situation, who's going to believe in this situation? If I don't pray, who's going to pray? You think the, do you think the government leaders and those that don't believe in God are going to call on oh, you to lay hands upon the sick and see them recover? That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it. CDC, get mad at Jesus. Don't get mad at me. That's what he said. In part of the Great Commission in Mark 16, he says, Freely you have received, freely give. In my name you shall cast out devils. You shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. That's what he said, not me. Take it up with Jesus. You block me, you, you're being silly because you need to block Jesus, but you can't do that. <laughs> we have the cure. We have the cure. Thank God for medicine. If I get sick, I take medicine. But we have the ultimate cure. I'm not even just talking about the cure for sickness. I'm talking about the cure for the condition of this world. One day this whole world is going to be refined by fire. And the cure is going to be standing in the middle of Jerusalem. And I'm going to be standing with him in something called the New Jerusalem. And we're going to live and reign on a world that has been purged and purified forever, sin and sickness. And he will wipe away every tear. Come on. That's what the Word of God said. But until then, we've got to occupy. Work while it's day, for the night comes when no man can work. Come on. You still with me? Is all my YouTube crowd, my, fa my Facebook crowd still with me? Everybody still with me? Give me a thumbs up if you're still with me. Come on, somebody, somebody that's good. They're in here, they're doing this. Online, hit that thumbs up. Online, hit that love button. Online, make a comment on YouTube or Facebook and say, I'm here, Pastor. I'm not going anywhere. We're kingdom in this house. Just let me know because when, when the service is over, I'm going to go back and read all the things y'all posted. It takes me all night. We have the cure. I want you to hear something in Scripture. It's powerful. You've heard this a thousand times. You've been raised in church. You've heard these Scriptures a thousand times. But I want you to hear them again. I love it when Jesus would say things like, verily, verily. He was trying to get their attention. I love what he says in Revelation when he's talking to the church. He says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Sometimes you can hear something in the natural but not hear it in the spiritual. I need you to not hear it only in the natural. I need you to hear it in the spiritual. Matthew chapter 24, the famous end times passage of the signs of the end times that you hear prophecy preachers preaching from all the time. Listen to what it says in Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Which, by the way, can I do a little sermon within a sermon here? 
If the preacher you are listening to keeps talking about the end of the world is coming and that God's going to wipe out this world, stop listening to that preacher because that preacher doesn't know the Bible. The Bible does not promise an end of this world of the earth. It promises an end of an age and a dispensation. In fact, if you really want to get messed up, we're going to spend eternity after the tribulation period here on this earth. That's in your Bible. So when it says this, in this translation, it says it accurately. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age, the dispensation? Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. You need to listen to this. That's what that means, take heed. Take heed right now, those who are watching online, live or on replay. Take heed that no one deceives you. There is an attempt an all-out attempt to deceive you right now. Hmm? See, the whole thing about shutting the church down today, this is how stupid the devil is. The devil's so stupid that he goes overboard in his his stupidity that he ends up being used by God. Because he thought, I tell you what I'll do, I'll shut the churches down. Number one, you can't do it. Number two, you're so stupid, devil, that you caused in your stupid idea to be the gospel to be preached in one day more than it has ever been preached in the history of humanity. Stupid. Hate that stinking thing. Let no one deceive you. Now watch this. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. Let me stop and say this. Notice that it doesn't say many will come in my name saying I am Jesus. Did y'all hear me? Jesus and the name Christ is two different understandings here. Jesus is the name that was given to him when he walked here on this earth, and it is the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. But Christ is not his last name. Christ is who he is. It means Christos. It is, in the Hebrew, Hamashiach. It is the Messiah. It is the anointed one. It is his anointing. So it says many are going to deceive you and say they have the answer. They're going to say They're going to speak it in his name. They're going to say, this is what I'm seeing online. I'm seeing a bunch of people, and I've had it happen to me. I've had them private message me. I've had them comment on my timeline. They probably did it today on both of them. I'm sure they did. Some of you got blocked or banned if if you really tried to be stupid because I told them if they start trying to start a fight, block them. But watch this. Some of them, I've had this happen. They'll use it like this. Well, Larry. Uh, do you think Jesus would really want to put his people in danger? Well, no. Last week we met. Last week it was 250 or less. Can you believe that? It went from 250 people down to 10 in seven days. Last week this place was packed. I had people in the name of Jesus telling me that I had no right to meet in the house of God 
for I was putting my people in danger, and that I did not have the answer. They had the answer, and their answer was, even though they don't go to church, they don't even believe in God, in the name of Jesus, they were trying to tell me they had the answer. Let me tell you something. One day, I'm going to stand before Jesus. We all are. But you know what? There's a higher responsibility to the shepherd of the sheep. And one day I'm going to stand before God, and he is not going to judge me based on whether your algorithm agreed with me, Facebook or YouTube, or based on whether you out there in the public agreed with what I had to say or even within the church agreed with what I had to say. I'm going to give an account with whether I preach what the Word of God said. They're going to deceive you, and they're going to try to tell you that they have the answer. And he says, many shall be deceived. And you will hear, everybody say hear. You will hear of wars, meaning actual wars, but you'll also hear of rumors of wars, meaning they're not really at war, but they're talking about the potential of war. So what he's trying to say is fear is going to grip you with what is really happening that you can't deny. But even more so, you're going to be deceived by the potential of what people think could happen in a worst-case scenario. Most people are not necessarily afraid of what is happening now. They're afraid of the rumor of what so many people said could happen. And I'm not saying it won't happen. But until it happens, I'm not going to let the possibility of something happen stop me from preaching the gospel. And even if it does happen, I'm not going to stop. Wait, wait a minute. Watch it. Ain't this good? Because people, this, this, is, this is a shouting Holy Ghost sermon here. This is not just meant to scare you. Watch what he says. You will hear of actual wars. You will hear of rumors of wars. What's the next sentence? See that you are not troubled. Woo. See that you are not troubled. Many are going to come in my name, proclaiming they are the cross. Deceive many. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that you are not troubled. In the middle of war, praise me. In the middle of famine, praise me. In the middle of pestilence, don't you get troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Why must they come to pass? The reason, first of all, bottom line is because he said they must come to pass. That's enough for me. I don't care if you think I got blind faith or not. I just believe if the Bible says it, I'm just going with what the Bible says. That's enough for me. But if you really want to get deep into it, you'll see this. All these things must come to pass because the devil understands the Word of God better than many of us, and he realizes his time is running out. So he is throwing everything he can. He's deceiving as many as he can. One last barrage. Before the church is raptured out of here. Somebody say this with me. I still believe Jesus is coming again. The end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. 
Do you understand? We're in the middle of a pandemic, but we can't stop the media from talking about who's, who is, which nation is to blame. They want to talk more about which nation is to blame than to talk about how to actually help people in the streets. Nation shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Now, I understand that means royalty kingdom against royalty kingdom, but I'm going to tell you what I really believe it means. I believe right now if there's ever been an absolute, undeniable battle of kingdom versus kingdom, it is now capital K, kingdom of heaven, versus little K, kingdom of hell. And I got news for you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Is this microphone working? Can y'all hear me online? If y'all can hear me online, let me know. Praise God. And there will be famines. It's there. Pestilence. That's what this is. Earthquakes in various places. Do you understand? Almost a six-point earthquake happened in Utah this week. I'm probably really going to get flagged when I say this one. But how about this? And I don't, I don't mean to, I'm not hate monger against my, my Mormon friends out there. But, the, but it, I think it's interesting that in the midst of an attack where the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken shall remain. And a 5.7 earthquake hit Salt Lake City, Utah, the headquarters of the Mormon Empire and the largest, most expensive temple in the world, the Mormon Temple, with the angel Moroni with his trumpet on the top of the, of the steeple that was up there that represents the angel that supposedly brought the Book of Mormon. And from what I understand, it it was in the news, this was not just rumor, that the earthquake either knocked him down or knocked the trumpet out of his hand. It shook by, what? It it knocked the trumpet out of the hands of Moroni, the Mormon angel. I'm telling you, everything that is not the way it's supposed to be is being shaken and it will all fall down, but the cross will still stand. Hallelujah. Some of y'all tell what's happening right now. Some of y'all used to go into churches where the whole service is 70 minutes. And y'all thought y'all would give Solid Rock a try and you're like, my God, he's been talking for an hour and a half. I could never go to that church. Well, no, I've been talking for an hour and a half. We're going to have an altar call in a minute. I'm going to pray for the sick in a minute. We're going to get people saved in a minute. Yeah, we still believe in the altar here. Hmm? Hey, where's that coronavirus at? Zoom in on this. Can't really tell it. I'm not making fun, y'all. But somebody brought the coronavirus in here today. Tried to show us. Tried to intimidate us. Let me tell you what I think of this coronavirus. You got your Bible? Huh? Batter up. I can't throw that far, brother. Get up here. Get up close to me. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Come on. Come on. All right. I should have a chew of the back in my mouth right now. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh! And it's out of here! Hit with the Word of God. That's why you got an actual Bible. You couldn't do that with a smartphone. Praise God. Earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to to tribulation 
and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Come on. Don't get Locked in on earthquakes and pestilences and wars and rumors of wars. Take them seriously. Prepare your family. Protect your family. But don't let the devil stop you reading right there. Read on. First he says, be not troubled. Then he says, the end is not there. You might have to suffer. You might have to be persecuted. You might have to be killed for my name's sake. But know this, in the midst of all of this, this gospel shall be preached into all the world. And then the end shall be. You want Jesus to come get his bride? You want to be with the Lord? You want to see the new Jerusalem? You want to see the, all of that happen? Then you're going to have to become a participant of the Great Commission. You're going to have to understand when the gospel is preached to all the nations. Notice that he kept saying all these things has to happen. All these things has to happen. And that's not the end. That's not the end. That's not the end. This is going to happen. That's not the end. This is going to happen. That's not the end. But when he says, but this gospel shall be preached of the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations. Then he says, and then this shall end. That's the sign that you need to be worried about. Not pestilence. We come against it. We come against war. We declare war is, cannot conquer Jesus. Pestilence cannot conquer the gospel. All this stuff cannot conquer the gospel. Let's be serious about it. But let's focus on the gospel of the kingdom. Can I tell you something that's powerful? I'm coming to a close. I've I, I, I just been on this thing about doing word studies lately. And it says, when all this happens, and you see all these things happening around you. Lawlessness will abound. I pray a hedge of protection around your business. I pray a hedge of protection around your church buildings. Because people in their desperation who don't have Jesus, who have been deceived, who, ha who are going to be living in a place of hopelessness, many of them are going to begin to be lawless. And, and do things. You see it happen. You see when tragedy happens, when you see storms come in, or when you see riots happen in the streets, people lose their mind, and they start looting businesses. They start going in and taking things that don't belong to them. And in their mind, they're convinced that it's not stealing in the midst of tragedy. It's not stealing. I'm just, I'm just doing what you do in the midst of tragedy. No, it's still stealing. It's lawlessness. It will abound in the last day. And the love of many will grow what? Cold. So I thought, that's interesting. The love of many shall grow cold. So when I preach it, by the way, if I preach it, I triple and double check it. I'm not worried about it. You go check it yourself. 
If you got a strong concordance, you can check it. The word cold is, I'm not going to say the word, I'm going to spell it, and then I'm going to say it. Because it's another one of them times I about fell out of my chair. It is the Greek word spelled P, as in Paul, P S Y C H O. Do you know what that word is? Psycho. It is literally spelled P S Y C H O. Psycho. The love of many shall grow psycho. When you hear somebody say psycho, what do you think? Crazy. They done gone crazy. The world is going to go crazy. Not just crazy, but the way they perceive love, their definition of love is going to be psycho. If there's anything going to get me blocked, that one I got blocked. I ain't even going to say what I'm thinking. Can y'all figure it out? That people have redefined love. Listen to what the word psycho means. Now, it's, it's the word psycho. It's pronounced psycho. And, of course, in our language, we know what psycho means. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It doesn't mean crazy in the Greek. The word psycho, it, it brings that image to us in our English language. But here's the definition of it. A primary verb, listen, to breathe voluntarily but gently or softly, which denotes a forcible respiration. In other words, a difficulty to breathe. Soft. Soft breathe. I'm going to read it again. To breathe voluntarily but gently. Meaning you're breathing on your own, but you're not breathing to full potential. In the Greek Strong's def definition, which denotes properly a forcible respiration. In other words, a forcing to breathe. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. But what are we dealing with in the last days right now that has done something that nothing has ever done in the history of humanity more than wars, more than, more than financial crises? There is a virus that has attacked all humanity in a matter of weeks, if at the most months, that has spread globally, that has brought in fear, that has brought in deception, that has turned the allegiance of people from away from Jesus Christ into others that are, are false Christ. And at the core of it all, the symptoms is fever, dry cough, 
But the one thing that's the most dangerous is the respiratory attack upon the lungs that cause people that used to be able to go to only go. And the only way they can truly breathe deeper is to force respiration. I'm telling you. Oh, and by the way, if you're watching, you saw that big old, that big old thing of spit fly. It's a great thing about social distancing. No one got hit by that spit. Which, by the way, if they would have got hit by that spit, it's anointed. Did you get a little bit of it? You didn't? Okay, you were just saying, thank you, Jesus. Okay. No one got hit whatsoever. It's a Holy Ghost anointed spit, by the way. But isn't that crazy? In the last days, people will be facing difficulty breathing. But fret not, for in the midst of it all. Oh, what I, what I love, love, love is this. The Holy Spirit of God. The word spirit in the original language means it's defined as breath. It's the holy breath of God. When God made man, fashioned his body out of the dust of the earth, the earth, the things that the curse of the earth had with it carried on to the flesh of man after the curse and after the fall. Everything that came with the curse, he cursed the ground. That's what we're made of. But he said, without God, this body was not a living soul until God breathed in man. And man became a living soul. You know what this country needs? People's talking a lot about a reset. You're talking about the circuit breaker. Are people resetting the economy and stuff like that? We were talking about this this week. Somebody told me, I heard a preacher say last night that God told him years ago that, that what needed to happen to this nation is something had to operate like a circuit breaker. You know, volume of electricity goes to that circuit breaker. And as long as it can maintain under a certain amperage, the lights stay on, the air condition works, the TV works. Sometimes there's a flood, a spike. And it call a surge, and it causes that breaker to trip, that little handle, and everything dies. Now, that doesn't mean everything is dead. That doesn't mean it's never going to work again. It just means that somebody has got to go over, put their hands on it, and reset the breaker. And some of the things that we had plugged in, we realized we don't need that. So we have to unplug some things or it keeps tripping. We finally get it down to where it's supposed to be. It operates correctly. Now I'm not saying in any way that God sent this on this nation. This is from the pits of hell. Many times over history and civilization. That's what that scripture means. All things work to the good to them that love the Lord. Things will happen to hit that reset. And his hand is on that breaker. During this time, if this is a reset, 
Start searching your life and unplug the things that you're realizing now you never really needed. Unplug them so that when God flips that switch again, everything's going to operate correctly. If your head, our head's bowed all of this house, if you're in the house watching this on television, watch this on your screen, I'm asking you right now, everybody in that room, bow your head. Father, in the name of Jesus, as this word is going out, God, I believe that we are in the last days. I believe we're in a moment. I believe we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Help us, Lord, to be the body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to unplug the things and get rid of the things that have caused chaos in our lives. Help us to take advantage of this reset, Lord, to where only the things that matter remain. That's what the shaking is, God. Remove the things which are temporal. Father, as I stretch my hands towards that camera, I'm praying for each and every man, woman, husband, wife, father, mother, child, teenager. Reset the breaker right now. If you're watching this and you say, Pastor Larry, I'll be honest with you, fears grip my heart. Things, I, I, don't, I can't even focus. I need a reset. Here's the greatest reset you can ever have. It's called grace. It's called Calvary. When you give your life to Jesus, it's the ultimate reset. Here's how I know it's a reset, because the Bible says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old man dies when he resets that breaker. Now you're born again. If you're watching this today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, just type in the comment section, I want to be saved. Just type in the comment section, I'm coming back to Jesus. If you once knew him and you've backslid, I'm coming back to Jesus. Let us know so we can pray. Let us know. I want to be saved. I want to come back to Jesus. Type that in there so we'll know. And then pray this prayer with us. Those who are in this room and those that are watching all over the world, say it out loud with me right now. Because you're not just saying it for yourself. You're saying it for thousands of people all over the world. Father God, Come on, church. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I admit I have sin in my life and I need a Savior. Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart and save me. From this day forward, I will live for you for you alone. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I am a person of faith, not fear. In Jesus' name, amen.